This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's going on, Tribe Mates? We are all back for another episode of Survivor. We are very excited to be here. We are staying safe at home. We're joining you by the application Zoom. Thank you to our wonderful engineers for AfterBuzz, letting us do this show for you guys from our houses. Um, a lot of us have uh, Facebook, I mean, some um, backgrounds, virtual backgrounds going on. Veronica's got a very interesting one. Um, I've got an amazing channel. I'm going to introduce them to you guys now. I am Timothy Mike. I've got Veronica Valencia. You really like peanut butter, Veronica. Um, peanut butter is single-handedly beating everyone at this game. I mean, three eliminations. Come on. It's very true. Very true. I've got Mike feeling with his background. Hey, Mike. Yo, excited. I, I People DM me asking me my thoughts on this episode, and I'm kind of just like, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> I, I, I will get into it. Don't DM us because we have to wait for the show to tell you. No, I'm just kidding. Of course you can DM us. We love it when you reach out to us. And we've got our challenge guy, Steve Gainey. Steve, I, didn't, I remember your last name today. Hey, way to go. Yay. <laughs> Hooray, the moderator. Yay, I do something hey. right we're very excited to dive into this episode, you guys. Uh, first of all, I want to know everybody's overall thoughts of the episode. Oh my gosh. I could not believe tonight's episode. I could not believe that Tony, once again, got away with such expert gameplay. I honestly, it was so chaotic. I didn't know which way it was going to go. I thought for sure tonight would have been Jeremy's night to go home, but somehow... Tony works magic. I was sitting at the edge of my seat. It was amazing. I, Mike, what'd you I, think? I, I think that for the last couple episodes, and especially illustrated with last night, they don't even know what they're actually doing until they, Jeff literally says, fine, let's vote. Because are we going to have a scramble every single week? Uh, there's, it's not solid planning. It shows just how shaky and how crazy this season actually is. I'm super impressed with Tony. Uh, they're going to have a majorly difficult time getting him out. Cause we know he still has a hidden idol. He's just winning everything like ridiculous. If, if they don't get him out, he's just going to win. They should just give it to him. Don't even vote in the final episode. Just give it to Tony. <laughs> Steve, what do you think? I mean, it's, he's on such a hot streak that, uh, his target is so huge that it's almost like there's all these huge targets, you know, him and Jeremy and all these other people that like, you know, Nick has said, I know if I go to the end with these people, uh, I'm not going to be able to win this. So, you know, the, it's almost like there's an obviousness to this game where the people sort of know where they are and what the uh, trajectory of this game is. But Tony is just, He's on this hot streak. He's got his foot so far on the gas pedal that it's like, you know, you might you might have to go after like one of his out. I don't know why they didn't go after Sarah or why people are sort of going along with his plans. I mean, he's 
he's really working Ben. That was a really interesting dynamic. I think the Tony Ben dynamic was the most interesting part of this episode. Um, and we'll get into that, but it was just so much fun to see uh, Tony sort of, he's playing this power game, but he's, he's not playing it like he's playing a power game. He's groveling people. He's like, can I please just come and talk to you? I'll give you a fire token if you just hear me out. It's, yeah. so, it's so weird to see him be this uh, kingpin but he's coming in like this dog who's been beat down. <laughs> yeah, anybody who watches our show knows that I'm not a huge fan of Tony, but I can't help but be impressed by his gameplay over the last two episodes, especially when this season started with him laying so low under the radar that we were like, is Tony's really changed? He's nothing like he used to be. And now he is how he used to be, except for like 10 times better because he's learned things from the last couple of times that he played. So I'm excited to talk about Tony in this episode. I'm actually excited to talk about a lot of players because... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. A lot of stuff happened. Guys, don't forget at the end of the episode, we have our special segments. We've got our MVP segment, which we're going to tell you who we think is the MVP of the episode. So everybody in the chat, I think Mike is on the chat. We're going to do some shout outs as well. Sure. Let us know who your MVP is at the end. Mm-hmm. Plus, we've got an update to our fantasy draft. Mike, sorry. You've lost somebody. Coming Finally. down with the rest of us, buddy. Yeah. I know, Veronica. <laughs> okay. I'm still doing fine. So let's let's get into the episode. So Carew, night 28. Now, this was a back at camp right after tribal that I was actually really excited about. And they didn't disappoint. Obviously, Ben is very upset uh, that Jeremy didn't go home. But also, Sarah is also mad. And I was a little annoyed with her and how she handled this entire situation we say it time and time again don't show your cards if you're frustrated just kind of like i'm frustrated but move on keep it low don't blow your gasket that early and she let tony have it not only did she let tony have it but she let him have it pretty much an earshot of other survivors and other players of the game what did you guys think of what happened right after they got back from camp you know i thought it was interesting because it's you know, you have, when when someone is blindsided, you know they're going to have hurt feelings. You know they're going to feel betrayed. I totally understand Sarah felt betrayed by Tony because she thought that they were working together. But once again, I thought her argument was kind of a little off because she was saying, you know, how Tony ruined her game and how because of the move he made, no one wants to work with her, which that might be how she feels, but that's not how I saw it. I thought that she was the one, you know, that got the short end of the stick. She was the one that was also blindsided. So if anything, mm. it might make people want to work with her because it shows, hey, Tony's not actually working with you kind of thing. So I I just thought that her reasoning for blowing up on Tony didn't make as much sense to me as a viewer as maybe it did to her in that moment. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I just think it was a bad look for Sarah. I think this whole episode wasn't very good for Sarah. I think she was pretty paranoid. uh, And, you know, the way she went off on Tony, she didn't, it was personal. Like she was like, when I get voted out of this game, then we're just like done, not just working together in it, you know, like she was just very uh, upset and, you know, emotions are high in any season, but especially in this season. And I just think, I mean, it's funny because I, I wondered last time, what's she going to do? Is she going to keep working with Tony? She has no choice. She's got nowhere else to go. Yeah. I think that Tony has been screwing over. He'll, he'll screw over anybody to benefit Tony. And you should know that when you form an alliance with him. And, uh, you know, it's like it's like the whole thing with the scorpion and the frog. You know, like the scorpion stings the frog. It's like, what did you expect? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I had a bunch of thoughts really quick. We talked, just like Tim said, uh, of not doing stuff exactly like what she did. That being said, if there was anybody for her to act this way towards, it would be Tony because they do have that personal connection. And I really do think they have like an actual friendship going on outside of the gameplay. So she can work on his emotions to some extent. I think she went way overboard 
She got way too emotional. The whole, like, don't talk to me anymore. That's nonsense. That's not, I guarantee you at the reunion, they're going to be hugging and kidding, like, whatever. That was silly and in the moment. But, I, you know, I think she could have, the right thing to do, right? All, Mike's tips. Oh, yeah, I feel like we haven't done Mike's tips in a while. The right thing, the right thing to do is to come back and instead of, you screwed up my game, I'm done. How could you, is, man, like, why did you just tell me I'm down? I would have been down for that. Like, I want to I wanna be working on the side. Like, is everything cool? And more of the sympathy route, I think, than straight anger, because I don't think it's really going to work. You're not really going to scare Tony. Tony, this whole season, especially this season, has played this very timid kind of game. Like, when it was, what the, did the bird uh, poop on him or something? Remember, he was like, what is that? To, to kind of completely sideline the, conver- the serious conversation he was having with Ben. Right. And Ben said, I think as he said, Oh, really? Bro, you know what it is. Tony's not stupid. He knows what it is. He's making himself look way less threatening, right? By doing these kind of things. And he's been doing it. We haven't talked about it, but I've been seeing him do it almost every episode of really downplaying his intelligence. He knows what's going on. So this direct threat of him, I don't think is the right way to to make a payoff or or to, to kind of have him pay for the blind side. Well, speaking of Tony and Ben, I mean, early on in the game, Tony is once again strategizing and getting his ducks in a row. He tells Ben that he is an idol. Did you guys appreciate that he did that, that he's trying to, like, do a little bit of damage control and, like, form trust in showing his card a little bit? Or are you on the the side of, you know, never tell people when you have an idol? I think I understand that maybe at this point Tony is trying to gain trust because, I don't know. I He's been playing such a low-key game, and he's finally coming to the surface. Maybe he peaked too soon. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think in the chat. But I think he's definitely trying to get some trust. But Tony, with just the masterful game that he's playing right now, don't show your cards. I really didn't want him to tell Ben, especially because Ben is such a wild card in this game. Yeah, I... I'm always of the side of don't, don't say anything. It, it, say, say something else. Use some other kind of leverage, especially if it was an advantage or something like that, but not an immunity idol because I feel like that's way too much information. Uh, he, he got lucky, right? Because there was no backfire because he won immunity anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I say don't say. But Tony's like, he is sort of playing uh, with his heart on his sleeve and he... Uh, he makes impulsive decisions. I mean, information is currency in Survivor. And he's like, I've got this information and now is the time that I need to spend it. Um, and idols are like Ben's bread and butter. Like he was the idol master in his season. So that I think has more pull with Ben. Um, and I think to get to Ben, that Tony was just chipping away this entire episode. Every little interaction that they had was just like, Ben's got this sort of like head down. I've got to get rid of Jeremy. There's no discussion about it. And I think that Tony was just sort of like, I've got to break down that wall. I can't just smash it open. It's got to just be little by little gain the stress. And I think he did that pretty well. That's a good point that you bring up. No, go ahead, Mike. I was just say, I, I, I don't get it at all. I really have been disappointed and we talked about it. I disappointed in the way Ben has been acting this whole season, the whole, I'm not going to talk to Jeremy. And it's, I don't know what else to describe, but it's really childish. It's really weird. There's no reason to shut somebody off like that. Dude, Jeremy's not, I don't think Jeremy's pulling these crazy mastermind decisions, just like ruling that, you know, to get that kind of retribution from him. He could be a great ally. They need to be worried about getting Tony out, not this weird little squabble between, or at least from Ben's side. I really, it's really disappointing. Mike, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, for one, personally do not understand this feud that Ben has with certain players in the game. It's like when Ben doesn't like you, you A, know about it, and B, there's no way to get on his good side no matter what you do. And And what? And for what? And I'm I'm actually surprised that I'm actually this invested in it because it's something that I want them to address at the reunion. I mean, I I, I can't fathom any reason 
other than like slight annoyances, why he would feel that way against Adam and then now against Jeremy, unless he personally feels that they're a threat. But I mean, Jeremy and Adam are two completely different players and he's treating them exactly the same. So I don't know where during camp or something happened where somebody gets on Ben's nerves and he's like, that's it, I can't, I can't do it. Or if he just has like a short fuse and doesn't he just writes people off, I have no idea. Maybe you he's know what hungry. Was also giving us though in terms of maybe maybe he's hungry <laughs> and he's all, arguing with people all- because this is not benefiting his game whatsoever. No. Well, here's the thing <laughs> I, about that I agree. is like is that. It, I agree with both you, both of you, and that it is very frustrating to see Ben consistently close the door on players who I'm sure are open to working with him. Because again, we've talked about it. We, you never want to close the door on working with something. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, excuse me, on working with someone. And at the same time, Ben is doing very poor jury management at this point because to all the people he's refusing to work with, if they go out they come back. Ben is in the final three, say, for example, they're not voting for him because they're like, hey, you shut me out. You never wanted to vote. You never wanted to play with me. Right. So it's very poor jury management on his part, too. I kind of think it's uh, fun to watch, though, in that there's someone who uh, is, Ben is, he's very uh, straightforward. He's like, I've got an idea. I've got a, a goal that I want to achieve, and it's to get rid of Jeremy. And at some point, you you sort of understand it because you're like, you know, uh, if you, you know, it's like your, your, your boyfriend cheats on you and then they're like coming back to you and they're trying to talk to you. And it's like, how many times are you going to keep listening to them? At some point you just wanted to shut them out and be like, no, this is what I'm trying to do. And I think that Ben to just, you know, get like, I want to get rid of Jeremy. It's like, well, okay, we get rid of Jeremy next time. We've got this good plan for Ben to be like, I'm tired of this. I need to do this. I can understand where he's coming from. I'll tell you when you take your boyfriend back and you talk to them, when hanging out with them for another 10 days gets you $2 million. The goal is to win Survivor, not kick Jeremy off the island. Like, who cares, right? That's got nothing to do with the overall. If that's true, then that's extra disappointing because it means Ben's really lost sight of the real of the real goal and what's really going on. Jeremy is inconsequential. Get him out, leave him in, make him your ally or whatever, win. Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. So Tony, once again, is not delivering anything short of a good episode when he brings in a spy nest, his newest, his newest, you know, thing for spies, if you will. He's got a spy bunker, a spy underground, and now he's got spy shack, and now he's got the spy nest spy nest so no matter their arguments or the little squabbles in the beginning of the episode we can't help but wonder if their relationship is a lot deeper than you know tony or sarah let it on to be in the episodes because if she's the only one that knows then clearly they have something going on i think they're really tight no go ahead i think they're really tight in the real world, having the cop connection and all that kind of stuff. It didn't work out when they played together before, but I think they're really tight in the real world and it's, it's playing out big time this season. Yeah. Well, I think that they might be tighter in real life, but I think that, you know, Tony got exactly what he wanted. The whole point for him voting out Sophie last week was so that he can have Sarah as his right-hand woman. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. They are super, they are twosome now. They are working together. So he got exactly what he wanted by making that brilliant move. And I think in her mind, she, you know, they're still kind of viewing like top tier versus lower tier, however you want to think, uh, say it. So I think Sarah feels that she's on a, even playing field with Tony and you know her best strategy is to play with him but I also think that Tony's playing so hard that I wonder if Sarah is saying okay I need to uh gain his trust or make him think that I'm still working with him but I mean with those the magnitude of those moves she might be thinking uh maybe I better not go to the end with Tony because you know, like, I don't know if I would know no. from there's no, there's no way she wants to go to the end with Tony. No chance. He's too strong. If you're Sarah, I think the tactic is you vote out Tony number four. If he's going to be super loyal to you and you're going to play on the cop thing and the, and the at-home stuff and blah, 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 that's the time to take him out. Let Tony protect you the entire way and then slice him in fourth place. 
because yeah. he's no who's going to beat Tony in the final right now. At least right now, nobody. Maybe yeah, Natalie, if she gets off extinction, she's like, "What's up, guys? <laughs> Crushed it the entire season without having to talk to any of you." Yeah, that's a good point. Um, guys, I am getting word from my engineer that we are having some internet issues right now. Um, we apologize um, for that. If we do have to stop, we will come right back as soon as the uh, problem is fixed. But for right now, we're going to keep on rolling. Um, so I want to talk about Kim because Kim is one of those other players that have been playing, playing way under the radar. In terms of, you know, just basic people are like, wait, I forgot she was even there, which could be a good thing. But at the end, at this point of the game, might not be. She doesn't want to send Jeremy home, and she wanted to target Tony from last episode, but proceeded to tell people in this episode, very early on, in my opinion, that she wanted to target Tony. I mean, she told Ben, Michelle, Denise, Nick. I mean, she was telling everybody that would listen that she wants to target Tony. Did we support this decision, or did you guys think that it was actually come, going to come to bite her in the butt? She told Here's so many people. She did tell a lot of people, but the thing is, is that Kim was not wrong. She was not wrong in wanting to try and get out Tony. Like she is such a smart player. She knew that Tony was the ringleader this entire time, but from last vote to even playing right now in this episode. So it was very smart of her to want to target him. I think the only thing that came back to bite her in the butt was once again, Ben, I think maybe she should have sat on it a little bit more. And who do I really trust? You know, who, who is really with me on this vote right now? Yeah, I mean, everyone's been working with so many other people. It seems like everybody has blindsided everybody at some point that it's really hard to say, because I, I guess like the deck is reshuffled every week. So it's like, you know, Ben might be, uh, you know, against Jeremy and then Kim's like, well, we need to get rid of Tony and we need to make sure that we've got the votes. Well, we need to have Ben. And now it's like, well, suddenly Ben is like willing to keep Jeremy around for <laughs> another week. And you just don't really know where people's alliances lie. And that is something that Kim didn't really come into contact with in her season. There wasn't as much fluidity back then as there is now. Yeah, I, I, I just think she definitely had the right idea because everybody should be trying to get tony out except maybe sarah but i don't you know this isn't have anything revolutionary to say but i don't think she had a good enough grasp on who was truly loyal to her and not and that's why plans get out and then things get completely wrecked so unfortunately she was kind of the mastermind of this initial let's get tony out instead of kind of planting the seed with somebody and then kind of ancillarily being in charge of it. So she got the full brunt of the blame. I also think she yeah. waited too long to uh, sort of take control of things. You know, that that's what everyone praised her for in her first season was just how well she managed people. Mm -hmm. And I think that she is a good manager of people. And when she was explaining her, you know, the, the, her plan to get rid of Tony, it made sense. Um, and it was beneficial for everyone else there. And yet it didn't happen because there was too many other factors at play. Yeah, I definitely think she was she was doing she was, had a very very good social game. But they said it at tribal before. I mean, it's not just about the big move that you're going to do. It's also about the timing. And I think that you know she just started this whole thing way too late. Two episodes too late, Kim. Two episodes too late. I want to talk about Edge of Extinction Island. Um, I keep calling it Edge of Extinction Island. It is an island, Trademark. so I am right, Accurate. Veronica. Veronica always gets on me about calling it Edge of Extinction Island. And I So backside uh, of the island, there's a pile of coconuts. We saw our survivors or the people who are left have to pretty much get 20 coconuts, pretty much just another endurance challenge, like the logs on the top of the island. Now they just have to go to the backside of the island. The first six people who finish get two fire tokens. They have to finish before sundown. Um, we see that, you know, it's uh, Sophie, and Natalie, who are the first two to finish, followed by Yule, Tyson, Poverty, and then Wendell. And uh, the biggest thing from here is that Rob, I felt, was going to be out of the game. He took a really nasty tumble, hurt his elbow. I mean, they really played that up. He seems to be okay. What did you guys think of the whole 20 coconut backside of the island thing? Yeah, I <laughs> thought this challenge was... Here's the thing. I thought it was brutal. I thought it was brutal to make all of them. I don't even know exactly how many people are on edge right now, but to make all of them make so many trips to the back of the island 
for only six of them to walk away with something. I think it would have been nice if it them. was like, yeah, but still, I just, I just thought it was brutal that only a few people got something, you know, they're, they're out there, they're starving. I don't know. I just thought it was a little brutal. It would, I would have liked it if it was like, okay, first six people get two, everyone else gets one. Uh, but that's just me. That's just me. And maybe it's because I like all these players. I'm like, ah, give them something. Um, in terms of Boston Rob, here's I, I agree with you, Tim. I thought that maybe he was he had an injury. Like I thought maybe he broke his arm or something. The way that he made it sound, the way that they were editing it, I thought that he was going to be out. But at the same time, well, not at the same time, but it was really remarkable to see him continuously go, even though he wasn't going to win anything. Even if you don't necessarily like Boston Rob as a Survivor contestant, you, there is a level of respect for him on this show. And I love seeing, and one of the reasons I enjoy Boston Rob so much is because I love his passion for Survivor to keep going no matter what, even if it's irrelevant. I too thought Rob was going to be in more trouble than he was. I'm of a different mentality. I don't think, because I'm a huge Boston Rob fan, I don't think Boston Rob needs to prove anything. And I didn't like seeing him finish the challenge because I'd rather see him conserve his strength, honestly, and not potentially get hurt anymore because he's ridiculous. We all know he's amazing. I didn't need to see him get more coconuts. I'm like, dude, just relax. I want you, I want you to get back in the game. I don't want you to get any more hurt. Uh, the only big thing I thought about this challenge is it was sloppy. Who's counting these coconuts? They're all dumping them in the same pile when they get back. How do we know how far we are or how many we have? I'm sure there were PAs or, or Steve. There's PAs yeah, or something counting. But that annoyed me. Like, why don't we have our own little boxes or something so we can keep track? That's what I thought. Uh, I was just waiting for like Adam to say to, you know, uh, Ethan or somebody and say, hey, I'll give you 10 of my coconuts if you give me one of those tokens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Adam. Adam was struggling on this one. Adam was really, really struggling on this one. I I thought that Ethan would be the one, the one struggling because we saw the last endurance challenge. He was really worried about his health, and they didn't really address yeah. that this episode. Or you, Adam was really struggling. Or you, or you, yeah, that's a good point too. And Danny also. Can we talk about Danny really quick? Because Ethan and I mean, we've seen it before. It's Survivor not eating much. It is thirty nine days, but. I just thought that she looked really, really frail. And she was another one that kind of took a spill. And I was like, oh no, she's going to be, have to be evacuated out. I thought this, for, I thought this challenge was going to take out a lot more people because it was coconuts. It was exhaustion. It was water. It was rocks. There's a lot of things involved. I thought that Boston yeah. and Danny were going to be out. Well, that added to the, to the brutality of it was the rocks. The fact that people were slipping, people had to jump, you know, I think that definitely added to the brutality of it. Man, she looked ripped up to me. I was like, oof, this yeah. quarantine 15 that I'm putting on right here. I was like, damn, she looks fantastic. Obviously <laughs> underweight. She yeah, she's starving, but like I get it. But I was like, oh, she's like, she's looking jacked right now. Good for her. And she's crushing. She's doing great. I'm super proud. Here's what I'm wondering about the fire tokens, though. Like Natalie has like eight tokens or something yeah i mean like <laughs> how many advantages like at some point the uh value of a token starts to go down when there's so many in circulation <laughs> or the final like the final challenge you get up extinction it's like 15 fire tokens uh you get final three you just buy <laughs> yeah. it natalie just wins here's my thing i don't want to i don't want to spend too much time on this but i do want to bring it up because it was something that crossed my mind last night once Edge of Extinction Island is out of play, I wonder what's going to become of the fire token. Because all of the advantages in which fire tokens are necessary are coming from the edge. And but once it's done, are people still going to be able to buy advantages? I know that mm -hmm. contestants still in the game have like a menu that they can look at. But right. are they going to think, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, rice? Or am I going to try and save it to maybe buy something? Like, I just wonder what's right. going to happen to fire tokens once Edge of Extinction is done. I think they're going to do something big and cool before, okay, it's like the final six. Now is dump your tokens. You can, and like all advantages in the final immunity or something. Some big thing to spend them on. I mean, you guys aren't the only ones who are wondering what's going to happen with these fire tokens. You know what I would like to see come back? The Survivor Auction. That would be Please. nice with yes. these Survivor tokens. Yes. That would be awesome if they brought that back. Steve, what are your thoughts? What do you think they're going to do with these fire tokens? 
You know, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the fire tokens have been this sort of thing that people are sort of like, uh, this is going to help me get farther in the game. You know, I don't know that they're thinking this is going to help me win the game. So I think that the value of the tokens is like sort of low at first because you don't really know what they're for. And then it gets higher because people start to realize how you can use them and what they can do. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the game, it's going to drop off because at some point you're like, I don't need these tokens. I'm not worried about this. I'm worried about just surviving the vote. Uh, and, you know, you can only buy so many advantages in a challenge or, you know, idols or whatever. So, you know, I, but, I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, There is no idol. There's no immunity idol on the menu for people not on extinction, right? So everybody, everybody who's still in the game, all their fire tokens so far are only good for buying advantages from extinction trading to other people which is weird because no one actually knows if they're good for anything right or finally buying some advantage so the value is going to completely die once jeff says this is the final opportunity to use a fire token and i feel like they're going to do that and do something big with that because if they don't i feel like it's going to be really disappointing for everybody like why do we invest so much interest in these fire tokens and the like mm-hmm. steve always brings up the economy and and trading and stuff for them to just literally it just it just dies in one episode and there's nothing well it could also be something like they do at the end of tribal where the end of edge of extinction all of these players can bequeath however many fire tokens they have to whoever they want i mean they could possibly do something like that who knows what these fire tokens mean or what they're going to do in the future. Those are very good points. Jeff Probst does know and the producers obviously <laughs> yeah, they do know. Yeah. And the survivors that have already played this game, they know. <laughs> but us, for everybody else, we're going to have to be in limbo, you guys. So as we predicted last episode, because of Sophie's announcement, everybody knows that there is a hidden immunity idol back in circulation. Sure. So everybody goes to look for this hidden immunity idol. <laughs> ben and Tony pair up and Ben is the one to find it. Now, the only reason I bring this up is because of Ben's reaction and how he tried to hide it from Tony in the moment and then kind of gets caught and then kind of has to like backpedal. It was, it was messy. Messy is one of the words that I will describe it as. What did you guys think? Ben had the right idea in wanting to try and hide it, but obviously now he's kind of linked with Tony. Tony knows they know each other's secrets. So I don't know if this is going to be them trying to backstab it in the future, or if this is going to be, well, now we have to work to work together. What do you think, Steve? Oh my God. I just thought that that scene was so funny. Uh, just, I was laughing out loud with Tony was like, come on, come on, man. Why would you, why would you try to do that? And then at the end for like Ben, who's just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I could just feel his, uh, his excitement and his heart racing so much that he literally had to sweep Tony off his feet and run down. a. Hill. Yeah. I it felt his so excitement. Good. I felt his paranoia and I thought it was cute the way tony was like it's okay it's okay i'm messing with because they're so jacked up right this means everything staying in the game and winning more money and it's so important that seemed like tony kind of messing with him and then saying it's okay was a really natural reaction of like chill dude like i get it blah blah blah. (laughs) you know tony would have been trying to hide it too the funny thing about this to me was ben finding the idol is perfectly linked to sophie telling everybody that an idol exists because her reaction to saying, oh, I got voted out with an idol in my pocket was a big mistake, but just a genuine thing that came out of her mouth. It was like the most honest gut reaction. Same thing for Ben, right? The right thing to do is to kind of glance. That's a good hiding spot. Oh, it's in the paper and just nonchalant, like talk to Tony. Instead, he was like, oh, I reached in and found it and, and was found out, right? Because that was a gut instinct to go in and like, yay, and, and get it. So we couldn't hide it. So I thought it was the juxtaposition was interesting. I think it's funny that um, they sort of are like linked by these idols. You know, like I don't necessarily know that they would have been working together, but mm-hmm. they're like, look, I've got an idol. You've got an idol. <laughs> yeah. We work together. We are a serious power couple in this game. Odd couples, <laughs> work. they can work, man, no doubt. Very true. I want to talk about the immunity challenge, you guys. Uh, so we've seen this challenge before. Yet they have to stand on a narrow perch, hand above them, tether to a bucket. Uh, when the bucket drops, they are out. Now Jeff obviously announces that there's a twist. There will be one male and one female winner. I actually like when he does that. And there will be two fire tokens for each of the winners. Um, 
first off, nothing really special comes out of this except for there is a temptation that drops Kim, Michelle, and Nick. They go after the temptation, leaving Denise and Tony to win. Tony has won three times in a row now. Was anybody else frustrated with the people that dropped for this temptation? Cookies, peanut butter. Was anybody else frustrated? Was anybody not frustrated? <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. yes, that that's, that's a better he, he question. Needs he needs to rant. Well, so, I mean, everybody, not, people were DMing me. Everybody knows. I hate it when people quit. I hate it when people stop challenges uh, just to get a little bit of peanut butter, especially with so much on the line. Like, the peanut butter is going to, you're never going to eat peanut butter again if you lost $2 million because you stepped off just to have a little <laughs> bit of food, right? So it's, I, I just hate, I hate it with everything. I hate it. I hate it for everybody who wants to get on Survivor and never gets cast. I hate it for the people on Extinction Island who are dying to get back on. And I, I don't know. Any day of the week, someone want to cast me or oh, casting directors that watching us or you want to put me on Survivor, I guarantee I'll never step down for that. Even if Jeff brings out and I fall, I, I would still rather go out swinging. Steve, I, I want to shoot it over to you because you're a challenge guy really quick. First off, did you think that the people who, you know, stepped down should have stepped down? And is this challenge as hard as Jeff Probst says that it is? Okay, I uh, have done a version of this challenge. And um, yes, it's very hard. The people don't realize that that bucket of water is perfectly counterbalanced that just the slightest pull on that chain will make it move you like when jeremy stepped off and he or he dumped his bucket i don't think he realized yeah i think his arm was just slowly drifting and that's just enough to make that thing fall um that being said it i'm not really sure why they were even tempting people because it was it looked so difficult it, it only lasted for like what was it like 10, 15 minutes or 15 something minutes. Usually yeah. when they start tempting people, it's like, okay, you've been up there for 30 minutes. You've been up there for an hour. Now comes something to tempt you to step off. So I didn't, I just didn't like the way that the challenge um, played out. Like it, it uh, there was a few people who fell off after like five minutes. So it's like, Oh, okay. This is a really hard challenge. I don't think they needed to tempt anyone to step off because people were going to fall. They were falling. And uh, yeah, another thing is, you're not allowed to keep eating the the food after the challenge is over. So if yeah. you step off yeah. and someone else wins, everyone stop eating. That's the rule. But uh, they, they bent the I rules think, this time. I think the the temptation kind of made this one a little anticlimactic, just because. Yeah, you know when they usually start tempting people. To your point, Steve, it's thirty minutes and it's an hour, and and you know they're trying to get to speed up the challenge. At this point, there were already so kind of few people in it already that with just you know a few seconds three people are already out and that's all they needed to deem the two winners so it was it was over in a second and it was very anticlimactic it wasn't like a big showdown like we sometimes see yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah but it was good to see Denise win once again because she has been playing under the radar since her Sandra vote and Tony once again like I said is winning three times in a row now back at camp Obviously, strategizing is going to happen. They are winners at war. That's obvious. What I didn't expect were for plans to be blown up so much. I mean, we kind of knew that the whole Kim wanting to target Tony was going to get out. I mean, she said it way too early. We knew that, that was, Tony was going to get wind of that. We knew that. What I didn't expect was that Ben to tell you guys and we knew it i mean nick i don't know what tim didn't him, expect <laughs> i mean i know nick wait tim tim him, go back uh, go back because you cut out go back that's why yeah <laughs> still not timmy oh thank you and tim's gone so <laughs> okay so, so it was I think it was uh, go ahead what do you think he was trying to say I don't know. I think he was just trying to say is that a lot of plans were changing. You know, Kim mentioned the Tony vote too soon. Let's talk about how, you know, this whole thing, I guess, kind of went down real quick. Just thoughts. Well, my, my initial thought, especially with Tony being targeted, is his accosting Nick and Nick just getting ridiculously caught in a lie. 
for a lawyer, wrong way to handle the lie, right? I <laughs> yeah. mean, Steve, this is not how this is. This is not how you do this. Oh my God, that was a full-on police interrogation, <laughs> right? and Nick's lie detector test was just <laughs> going like this. That was the worst lie I've ever seen. Literally, like looking around. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't remember <laughs> if your name came. This <laughs> is straight body language they tell you not to do when you're gonna lie. It's like, so, oh. Well, so oh wait, let me think. Uh, yes, actually, <laughs> that's terrible, V. Yeah, yeah. No, Nick was definitely he was bad. He was caught in a lie, but I honestly don't know where his loyalty stands at this point. Um, and I don't to know. Himself. I he, think it's, just, he, it's to himself. It is. It is. He knows. He knows who he can win against at the end. And so he's trying to choose the side that's against the people that he knows he can't win against, Win with. It seemed like, Tim, we're talking about uh, Nick having to lie to Tony or trying to lie or whatever. Uh, the way he went about it obviously wasn't fantastic. But at the same time, I was trying to think while I was watching it, what would I have done? I'm not sure. Because if you're going to lie and Tony's going to immediately smack you with the truth, then you're going to look bad just like Nick did. If, if, uh, do you just tell him? Do you just say like, yeah, man, I've absolutely heard your name. I don't know. Yeah, I don't necessarily blame Nick. I mean, he kind of got caught in a lie. We all kind of do that in the moment when somebody like knows the truth and then they tell you and you're like, oh, I don't know. Uh, so I don't necessarily blame him, especially when we all know that Tony's such a powerful player right now. I mean, I'm sure Nick wanted to keep those cards close to him. But at the same time, he doesn't want to, you know, betray his fellow tribe mates in telling Tony the plan. But he already knew because of Ben. I want to talk mm. about Michelle giving Jeremy the 50-50 coin that she mm. spent like four fire tokens on, which is very mm. expensive. We are short on time, so I do want to kind of get brief opinions on this. But I didn't think that she should have gave him the 50-50. She must have. I mean, I never like it when people give away their advantages, but in this case... I got to give it up to her. I think that she straight up thought this is my only ally and he's going to be booted and there's nothing I can do. In fact, she's even saying, I'm going to vote for you. I got to vote for you. So please use it because we have nothing left. Yeah. I, here's the thing. I think Michelle's head was in the right space in giving away her advantage, even though obviously you want to keep it for yourself. I think that, she she was obviously voting with Kim. She knows that Tony's a threat and she wants to try and keep Jeremy in as long as possible. One, because he's her ally, but two, because she wants to be able to work with him to get out their biggest threat, which is Tony at this point. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was true. just a really compelling scene. You know, she was just like, I don't know if I can save him, but I've got one last trick in my pocket. We'll see what <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, we saw what happened with Tribal, and I do want to talk about Tribal really quickly. So the chaos continues at Tribal Council. Now, one thing that I do have to say uh, is that they they put on subtitles for everybody that was mad about the whispering. We kind of knew where everybody's head was at, which was kind of nice to see. I mean, you know, we saw people on the jury that were mad that people quit the challenge. Uh, poverty especially is very mad at Kim. Uh, you know, everybody was whispering. Jeremy tries to talk to Denise and I don't know if you guys are on Twitter if you are Steve <laughs> made a Twitter uh, a, uh sorry a, a gif or a gif however you guys say it uh or a meme about the whole moment between Jer Jeremy and Denise and it's gone viral so <laughs> Steve great job oh my uh, god it was, it was such a mom power move to be like no I'm shutting it down we are not having this discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I also thought it was the wrong power move to do. Yeah. I thought I, she's been playing such a good game. And I said, I, Denise, why did you just do that? Just listen to what the guy has to say real quick, especially yeah. with the outcome now. He's there, yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah, I think that was genuine emotions. You know, like Sarah even yes. said at the tribal, she was like, I am at my peak right now. I think yeah. everyone is at their peak right now. And people who can keep calm with this much pressure are going to do better in the game and yeah that might have been uh, a mistake for denise uh certainly wasn't a good look but it was good tv <laughs> real yeah. quick and let me throw it to veronica i was just gonna say this these remember they're all winners right but at the very base they're ridiculous mega super fans of the game 
So a good percentage of them must be thinking the same way we are like, this is stupid. We're going to whisper at tribal every single time. It's just, it's chaos. And, and everybody's got, your nerves got to be frayed. Yeah. I will say Denise's moment at tribal is an entire mood of this season of survivor. (laughs) It was not necessarily the smartest move on her part, just because, you know, once again, you don't ever want to make it, make it seem like you're unwilling to work with someone or get on someone's bad side. Then again, I completely understand her frustration. I, you know, out of all the seasons of Survivor that we've seen, I feel like this is the first season where there have been so many tribals where there's so much shuffling, so much chaos, and so much whispering. And it's a love-hate relationship for me. I love the chaos, but at the same time, I'm a viewer, and I want to know what they're talking about. So I understood Denise's frustration because, for once, I felt like them. I felt like the contestants in the game, not knowing what the heck is going on. And for once, just wanting to go into a tribal and knowing that the plan is the plan, or at least there's not this chaos going around. Sometimes you just want to go in and get it over with. You don't want all this extra stuff going around that's going to make you explode. Right. Veronica, I think that was perfectly said. I mean, I think the frustration, like we all felt, is felt by not only the players that are still in the game, but also those on Edge of Extinction. I mean, nobody wants to see you guys scramble at the last minute because where is the strategy? Where is the gameplay? Why isn't this solidified before we come to jury? I understand the whole Jeremy, you know, leaving Tribal and then throwing a wrench into things and then having to reshuffle, but it is a constant every single episode, every single Tribal, where they're doing this whispering and reshuffling and trying to figure out what they're doing. And I just... Just don't think it looks very winner-like, in my opinion. I just think it, sh- it goes to show, uh, like how high the the stakes are and what the pressure is really like. That even people who have been through this, some of them multiple times, um, are starting to get paranoid and starting to panic. And people are like half pulling out their idols, like, do I play it? I don't know. They're trying to read yeah. the room. I do yeah. want to say though. Mike, I am so glad you brought up Jeff Probst's King of Sass last week because <laughs> Jeff Probst had some top-tier sass. That's right. He, he just stopped yeah. asking questions and started play calling. <laughs> that was great, yeah. It was so good. And Jeremy going up the middle. And uh, Jeff, Probst, <laughs> Jeff Probst is the king of shade. We've all said He's this wonderful. before. I mean, there are videos out there on YouTube of how shady Jeff is. Now, the chaos didn't just continue before the vote it actually continued after the vote as well because tony was going to play his idol for sarah and then sarah says no and then jeremy and this was an interesting point looked down at the 50 50 coin and did kind of like a reaction to where i don't necessarily know if michelle gave him the 50 50 coin i mean it was kind of like oh and then he was like no i'm not going to use it and then they were like zooming in on michelle I, does anybody did anybody else get the reaction where i, didn't, I don't maybe think no i didn't catch that something at, i didn't catch that at all i thought she i thought it was i thought it was as it was shown yeah because he whispered to, to tony yeah it's just a 50 yeah. 50 it might be nothing so I, i'm pretty certain he had it but right. i cannot believe he didn't play it i was like screaming at the tv yeah. like what are you doing yeah i don't just i was to an idol I was screaming too, because at that point, I was certain that Jeremy was going home. I did not expect Tony to get away with this vote. But I also think, you know, it's, again, it's good and it's bad. They both showed their advantages, which is bad because now everyone knows they have their advantages. But at the same time, Tony was trying to like play the jury a little bit to show, hey, I'm willing to play an idol for an ally. Look how good my social game is. So Or not. They didn't show anything. If I'm up there, I can idea. Yeah, I can act really, really good. Like I have an idol. Like, wait, Jeff, hang on a second. Veronica, do you feel safe? How do you feel with nothing in my pocket? Either way, it doesn't, say it doesn't put Tony stuff. in a good spot. Regardless if, say, he did or he didn't have it, the fact that he acted like he did is still going to make people paranoid enough to think that he did. And now they know. I mean, yeah, I don't well, think any more paranoid than they already are about Tony. Like, they should have gotten <laughs> Tony out five votes ago. So, yeah, it I was mean, funny the- to see Kim sort of like, read the read the room and realize that on here's trouble but it was too late and she was just like that's why she was freaking out because she's like oh my god oh my god it's me yeah Yeah. she kim kind of knew she had an inkling of what was actually going on i mean the good news is that michelle can get her 50 50 coin back if indeed she did give it to jeremy and i'm gonna go with you guys i think she probably did uh, but the bad news is, is that Kim was blindsided. She did get voted out tonight. She does give her fire token to, she has three. She gave one to Michelle, one to Denise, 
and then one to Sarah. Next week is a two-hour episode, so we're going to have a lot to cover. Yay. Hopefully, we can get some extra time for you guys. Um, no promises. Um, but it was a really, really good episode. That is our review of season 40, episode 12, Friendly Fire, you guys. We're going to get into our special segments very, very quickly. Um, MVP, Veronica, who do you think MVP was this episode? Peanut butter. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. a good I mean, I mean, Tony, but also peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tony too. I got to give it to Ben this time. I think Ben, you know, finding the idol and then Tony sold him something that made a good, made a good pitch for Ben. And he, he struck, you know, I think Ben was the most influential player. Nice. I'm going to go a little out of left field. I'm going to say Michelle, Michelle only because, you know, she knew that Jeremy was on the bottom, but got to give her kudos because she was like, I'm going to write your name down. But at the same time, I want to give you something that was a very expensive and you know try to save yourself and i mean whether she gave it to him for real or not we'll see next episode i mean you guys say that she is so i'm gonna go with you but if she didn't that was a good that was a good move and if she did that like i said everything that i just said applies now let's go to our fantasy draft so mike you unfortunately lost kim tonight which brings you down to tony ben and nick so you're still in this. You've got three players. Veronica, you still have Denise and Jeremy, and I am left with Sarah and Michelle. Um, I didn't pick Michelle because she's on my fantasy job, just so everybody knows. Um, guys in the <laughs> chat, I know that we had severe internet issues. We apologize. Uh, hopefully, you guys are able to watch this video after it uploads. Um, but those of you in the chat, Mike, if you still have it up, can you give some shout-outs? So oh, it completely froze, but I do have some shout-outs who want to – Thank, of course, everybody for watching us in the chat. But Sloss Pop, Eric, shout out to Solomon, uh, Meg, Blue Shift Eyes, Ryan. We love all you guys, our extended panel. Remember, AfterBuzz has got you guys covered throughout this entire quarantine with all the TV shows y'all love to watch. So go ahead and subscribe to all the AfterBuzz channels. Give us a big thumbs up, five-star review. Y'all know what to do. We love you. And Mike, where can our fans find you? At Mike Feeling, of course. Of course. Veronica, where can our fans find you? <laughs> You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's me, Veronica underscore V. And Steve. Hey, you know where to find me. At Steve. Hey! Steve, can you please make us some of those and then send them to us in the mail? Please, it'd be great. Uh, I am Timothy Michael. You guys can find me everywhere at Timothy Mike. We will see you guys next week, two-hour episode, Thursday night at 7. See you guys then. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.